0: Hello, and welcome to Bookish Meet the Authors, part of the In the Limelight Network. I'm your host, Nisa, and joining me today is author and blogger Kathy Retta to talk about her inspirational book, Keep Walking, Your Heart Will Catch Up, a a Camino de Santiago journey. Hi, Kathy.
1: Hello, Nisa. I'm really happy to be here today.
0: Happy to have you. So my first question is, what is the Camino de Santiago, and why did you choose to walk it?
1: The Camino de Santiago is a a trail. Uh, Actually, it's a network of trails that begins in different areas in Europe. but ends in Santiago in Spain. And um, it's the one I walked. The trail I chose is called the French Way. It's 483 miles across northern Spain. And it's a trail that's been traveled. Pilgrims have walked it for hundreds of years. And back uh, in the early days, it was uh, one of the top three pilgrimage pilgrimages in the world. They would go to Rome or to, um, ah, I forgot what the second one is, but Santiago was also a main pilgrimage. And so in the, probably the 80s or so, it kind of resurrected and became very popular again. And I picked that one to walk uh, because my husband had passed away. I'm sorry. And just before that, I had heard about the trail, we had friends that went and walked it. And I thought that sounds interesting. And, uh, but I never imagined I would actually be able to do it. But on my 64th birthday, I thought I should do something special for 65. And I thought about, hmm, maybe I could walk the Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. And so I planned for it. And I actually did it and celebrated my 65th birthday on the trail. And that wow, was exciting.
0: that's an amazing birthday. Yes. And in English, uh, that would be uh, St. James Way, right? In English, translation of it?
1: Yes, the way of St. James. Um, they say the body of St. James, the apostle, is interred in Santiago. Oh. Um, I think they said around the uh, ninth century, the remains were discovered. And so they built this cathedral around it. And that's the reason for uh, that pilgrimage going there. Mm-hmm.
0: And so why did you do a pilgrimage? Are you religious?
1: No. And, you know, it would seem like pilgrimage. I always thought, well, that's a religious thing. So when I went, I had no intent of it being a pilgrimage. I was just going to walk because I thought that's a great time to be undistracted for days. I was on the trail 37 days. And I could just think through what am I going to do with the next third of my life? Because I've been single. 30 years, Mm -hmm. married 33 years, and now I was alone and widowed. And uh, it was not the mental exercise, I thought it was going to be, it was a very spiritual journey, and a real healing experience for me. And what really made sense after I got home, I learned that, you know, a pilgrimage is a travel or a journey to a holy place or for a holy purpose that really made sense to me when i learned that holy comes from an ancient english word halig which means wholeness or to bring health and that's exactly what that journey does
0: that's amazing well that's a amazing vacation Mm -hmm. and well pilgrimage or a very healing journey that you took uh what is what lesson? lessons did
1: you learn? I learned quite a bit on the way. And it started with my first night. I was in this uh, 10th century uh, church building, sitting in dim lights and soft choral music was playing. And I sat there and then I just started to cry and I wasn't sure why. And then I heard inside me, I heard the voice say, absolution. And again, I got that, mm, you know, I'm not here for a religious reason. I don't need absolution. And then I heard that response in me say, yes, you do. You need absolution to yourself from yourself. That kind of set the stage for the journey. So that was my first thing um, that wasn't even a conscious thought going on when I went. But that, for one thing, that's one of the results of the journey. It was really learn to love myself and forgive myself. A second thing I had not realized I had not um, gone through the cre- grieving process after my husband passed away. I was very strong, and I thought that's really admirable, you know. And you just keep going, and I didn't um, have a lot of emotion about it. So I was surprised on my second day. I'm checking in to uh, my room at a uh, hostel. And I'm talking with the host, and I was going to tell them about my husband was of Basque ancestry because this area where the trail started is in Basque country in Spain. And so I said, you know, my husband, and then I just began sobbing. I was so shocked and I couldn't believe it. I was embarrassed. I'm standing here in front of strangers. And uh, so, I, when I got composure, I finished telling them about my husband had passed away. And that's why I was walking to Santiago. And that also clued me in that this journey is also releasing the grief and walking through that and learning first to embrace it and to accept it. And it was, uh, I had several experiences on the way where I was interacting with that grief. And if I can share one of those, just within a few, about a week later, we walk up to this hill called the hill of, or place of forgiveness. And as I was walking up there, I realized I needed to forgive my husband for dying and leaving me. Again, I never thought of that. Um, You know, I didn't think I was blaming him and, you know, I don't blame him. It wasn't his choice. Um, But because that feeling was in there. So I did that. And I just felt a great release. Uh, A burden was lifted. And You know, so I had many experiences like that along the way that made it that healing journey.
0: That's beautiful. I can relate. I lost my dad a few years ago and I can relate to the powering through because he was my business partner. So we worked together. So I lost a mentor, a business partner all at once. And then I also, my mom had me to lean on, but I didn't feel I had the right to lean on anyone. So I kept powering through and powering through. And I I get that. I don't know if I fully have briefed actually now listening to my, I don't know if I've completed the whole grieving process, but I understand that like need to power through.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've been learning a lot about, I've been reading some about it since I've been home and realizing that's what I was involved in. And it's fascinating. And I think, you know, we need to learn how to work with that better in this country and how to make room for grief and that it's a natural process of life and not something to shove away and try to ignore.
0: I agree. But if you could go back, is there anything you would do differently if you went again?
1: Uh, Yes, I would be more careful in preparing for the trip ahead of time. You know, now I had had
0: a 2020.
1: yeah, Yeah, sedentary life for, you know, all my adult life. And then I realized I needed to do some training and get ready for this for this walking. And so I overdid it and I didn't realize, and I was trying to whip my body into shape and my heels were in pain, but I just kept going thinking they'll catch up. It'll get better as we go along here. And um, they didn't. And I realized I had damaged them. I had Achilles tendinitis. So by the time I was ready to go, I was having a lot of pain even to the point where um, I felt like, and friends were telling me should postpone it a year. So you'll be able to enjoy it more. But something inside was just drawing me and I knew, no, I need to go now. It was in 2019. I, I have to go. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> Certainly with everything that's happened since oh, then. Oh, yeah. You would have been postponed a lot longer. <laughs> right. And so I would have prepared better then I could have enjoyed it more. I ended up walking usually average six to nine miles a day. Most people who walk it do 12 to 15 miles. And so because I was slower, there were parts of it, I couldn't walk, I had to, I bust over it, because I needed to make it to Santiago to catch, you know, to get my flight to go home. And so I had to cut some of it out. Um, But I still don't regret it, because I think I learned from it what I needed. And another big thing was, you know, the first parts of the trip, I was almost daily thinking, why am I here? what are you trying to sort out my life? You know what, why don't I go to a luxury hotel and sit around the pool and sit there and think that'll be a lot easier than this grueling walk. Um, but I didn't. And I kept going. And one day when I was probably at my lowest, another pilgrim came along and he was a gentleman from the UK. And so we were talking, we're walking around this little town and he turned to me and he said, Do you know, you're here on the Camino to learn to love yourself again." And that I just knew that was true. Those words were such a wisdom out of his mouth. And after that, there was a change. I came to a changing point where I stopped complaining so much, <laughs> and I just rolled with it. And then it turned into just a wonderful—I mean, all of it was a wonderful, enjoyable experience. But it was hard, and then it got easier after that.
0: That's amazing. But yeah, I get the prepared, being more prepared, walking wise. But it's a good thing that you enjoyed it, though. It sounds amazing. I think. Yes. Maybe the, the struggle is part of the journey, right?
1: I think it is. And I wrote about that in the book. I, you know, I kept a journal and described the experience oh. that the physical struggle and the pain, physically and then also emotionally, like it breaks open the shell that. I think we tend to put around ourselves to protect ourselves. And it just broke that open. There's no place to hide from it. Then the soul could seep through. And that's where the healing could start. But without that physical struggle, I don't think I would have ever gotten to that place. Sitting around a pool at a luxury hotel, I don't think I would have ever gotten to the place where I could really get to know myself, forgive myself, and love myself again. I was
0: going to say, you weren't, you wouldn't be alone with yourself. There's too many distractions if you had done it <laughs>
1: that's right that's true
0: um also you mentioned something that you you want you had your 30 what you wanted to do with your next 30 days to have you figured out what you want to do for your next 30 days for 30 30 uh, days for 30 years
1: 30 years you know i did um and i it wasn't a conscious thing i realized after i got home that I always knew what to do with my next 30 years. It's what I've always had in my heart to do since I was young. And that's to write, to be a writer, to author books and to share, you know, my thought never had the courage. And so being on the Camino gave me the courage to come home and to really start to pursue that. And that's that's where I am now. That's amazing. I I think of it, of it, like Dorothy and the wizard of Oz, you know, She already had the answer there on her feet, just had to click her heels.
0: That's amazing. I admire people who can write and put their thoughts to paper. I struggle with that. So it's amazing that you found the courage to actually do that. It's amazing. Um, Now, I want to know, where can people find you and find your book?
1: I have a website. It's my name. So it's www.c-a-t-h-a-y-r-e-t-a.com. And you can find my book there. And also I have a blog, uh, which I invite people to sign up for that. I send out a, a message every week. And um, so there you can also find the book in most bookstores um, and on Amazon. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, great. And are you working on anything new now?
1: Next I am. I'm, I'm juggling a couple things at once. Uh, One thing I've become aware of is a need to like clear clutter out of our minds and bring uh, completion to projects from the past. And so I have uh, one book that I, it's kind of all laid out and almost ready, but I never got around to sharing it and putting it out. It's um, some musings or conversations with God, as I call it. And so I want to get that done and published. And then I have another one that I uh, did publish and it's available on my website. It's called joy unfolding. And these are messages for the guarded heart. There's some words, um, spiritual words I sent to encourage sisters through the years. And then I put them all together into this book. And I'm looking at updating and revising that And then, (laughs) yet ahead of me, at some point Sue, I want to write about my experience in working with adult literacy. I've done that for, you know, over 35 plus years now, and my stories, and it's just a wonderful field, and exciting, and inspirational, and I want to get that information experience I have out onto paper. Writing does come pretty easily to me, and I just want to get get it out there for the world and not uh, keep it hidden away. So doing my plan is doing those older books, finishing those projects will open up that space mentally to be able to get on this new one and get it focused on.
0: That's amazing. Well, it looks like you have a lot of a lot going on and that's exciting. So um, I wanted to thank you, Kathy, for joining me. It was lovely having you on the show and I wish you continued success. Going forward with all those amazing ideas for your next books. And uh, thank you everyone for joining me and see you next time on Bookish Meet the Authors. Bye for now. Bye bye.